Does Mormonism accurately understand biblical Christianity? Next on Polygamy, what love is this? I grew up in a Mormon polygamy group, as most everyone knows by now, and the only thing that I ever knew about religion is that they were all wrong and we were the only ones who were right. But I had no idea what authentic Christianity was, and as I matured and learned more about different things, I never learned or, or understood the truth about what biblical Christianity represents. Mormonism claims to be the only true religion on the planet, and despite the fact that original Mormonism condemned Christians and Christianity, they now claim to be a Christian denomination, yet their basic Mormon doctrine has not changed or conformed to authentic Christian doctrine. And Mormonism itself does not accurately explain what authentic Christianity is. In fact, almost everything I was told about Christians and what they believed was wrong. What I discovered is that the Bible dictates what Christianity is, and anything outside of biblical teaching is not Christianity. That's why we have invited Eric Johnson as our guest today to discuss a book that he has written. It's just, it's, well, I think it'll be released in a few days. Um, it explains what true Christianity is all about and what we believe and why we believe it. So I'd like to introduce and welcome Eric Johnson back. You've been here several times. It's always a pleasure. And, and it's always a pleasure to be on your show, Doris. Thank you. Very informative. Very good information. And we hope to do so again today. So you've, um, you, you've written some relevant, very relevant and great information about presenting Christianity. Uh, when will the, your book come out? And give us your contact information and where people can buy the book. Well, it comes out September 13th. It's available online on Amazon, christianbooks.com, uh, barnesandnoble.com. So different places like that, you can certainly get it. Or if you live in Utah, you can get it at uh, the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore. Mm -hmm. But uh, the ministry is mrm.org. I have a website that goes along with the book, introducingchristianity.com. And I hope that people will at least consider possibly getting this book to help them better understand what Christianity is mm -hmm. compared to not only Mormonism, but I even think the polygamous groups. I think this would be a good book for them as well. Well, and that was going to be uh, one of the comments I made, that although you refer to LDS um, uh, or the Mormons in your book, it is very relevant to um, Mormon fundamentalists. Because like I said, I was raised Mormon fundamentalist, and they don't know what authentic Christianity really is. I want to quote um, from uh, page 13 of your book. You wrote, I have learned through thousands of conversations that it is possible to communicate Christianity in a way that most Latter-day Saints can understand. This is the reason I have written the book. So we don't have to ask why you wrote it. That's why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people who have straw man arguments, they have presuppositions about Christianity that are not true. I think for us to be able to explain what Christianity really is, mm -hmm. I think that is the thrust of what this book is all about. Mm -hmm. And it's very good, very good. And and you've had a lot of discussions, more than you can probably count, thousands probably, of, with LDS people. But you have also had these discussions with people from polygamy groups, haven't you? Oh, I certainly have. Uh, um, I've I've talked to a lot of different people in different groups. Uh, 
I, I got to be very close with some of the apostles in the TLC group in mm -hmm, Manti mm -hmm. when it was popular 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I think this information is information I would communicate to the polygamous groups because they need Christ just as much as the Latter-day Saints do. And they have, they, they're basic on the same Mormon doctrine. Sure. Polygamy is about the biggest exception. Now, um, unfortunately, many people in polygamy and also the LDS Church believe that disagreeing with them makes us or them makes us enemies. But ex would you explain why that's not true? Well, I mean, we, we need to have our ideas and we lay them out on the table and the, let the best idea win. And there's a term called inference to the best explanation. We want to take the information that's available and we want to say, is it okay to cross the street or is it not okay to cross the street? Well, you have to take a certain test. You have to look one way and then you look the other way. And then you make that step across. That's a leap of faith, uh -huh. but you're pretty sure there are no cars here. And I think in the same way, we need to do the same. We need to be willing to let our ideas be on the table. And if they're bad ideas, let them be annihilated. Mm -hmm. If they're good ideas, mm -hmm. then we should accept them. But who gets to judge why they're good or bad? Well, I mean, I could take that and the LDS thing, their ideas are great. Yeah, and, and it's gonna be uh, what, uh, what corresponds to truth. That's okay. the most important okay. thing. And yeah. so if you have all of this information about a God and a Jesus and salvation that disagrees with the reality of it, then I think it needs to be disseminated and destroyed if it's no good mm -hmm. to be able to mm -hmm. go to what is true because something has to be true. That's true. That's true. In fact, I'm going to quote what you wrote on page 23, which kind of answers what well, God answers this question. He said, uh, or you wrote, Mormons are not the enemies of Christians. The religion of Mormonism is, as God told the prophet Isaiah, come now, let us reason together. Isaiah 118, cordial conversations can take place and should always be, be a goal. That's what we want to do, reason together. And that's what you're saying, I think, when you say, let's lay it on the table. Yeah, I, I mean, Ephesians chapter 4 talks about speaking the truth in love. Yeah. And in 1 uh -huh. Peter chapter 3, it says that we should always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope that we have, but do this with gentleness and, and respect. respect. I think mm -hmm. if we have that at the heart of of what we of what we have as a human being, I think we'll get along with other people mm -hmm. and I think we can agree to disagree even when perhaps somebody is adamant about uh, the way they believe. I know mm -hmm. I am, but I'm willing to listen to see if my ideas can't stand the test. But having the truth is so, so eternally important. It is. And that's what we want to communicate too. You also quote J. Reuben Clark, who was an attorney and also part of the First Presidency of the Mormon Church. What did he say about Mormons, Mormonism investigating the truth? Well, he basically said, I don't have the quote directly in front of me, but uh, yeah, let, let, me, let me read it here. If we have the truth, it cannot be harmed by investigation, if we have not the truth, it ought to be harmed. And I would agree with that yeah. kind of a statement because if a Latter-day Saint is sincere and really believes what he has is true, then it will stand up in the marketplace of ideas. If it's not true, then you ought to be worried. I, had a, I have a friend, used to, well, he's passed away. Peter Barnes was a Jehovah's Witness for 30 years, and he used to tell Latter-day, or he used to tell Jehovah's Witnesses, and I would say the same to Latter-day Saints or people in polygamy, um, truth will never run from air. 
but air will always run from truth. Yes, yes, yes. And that is, I think, isn't that the case? Because if you don't have the truth, you just want to go into a shell and you want to hide away and you don't want anybody to investigate. But if you have the truth, please come and investigate Mm -hmm. and let's discuss this as Isaiah chapter one talks about. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, many in Mormonism and polygamists too actually do a limited amount of investigation. And when they do, it's only on faith-based, Mormon-authorized material, nothing critical. How do you get past that? Well, I think, uh, especially like handing this book to a Latter-day Saint, a lot of them are not going to read it. True blue, they're just uh, not going to pay any attention to it. But I always like to ask the Latter-day Saint, if you were wrong, wouldn't you want to know about that? Mm-hmm. And just to get them to be curious. And uh, oftentimes, I'll have a person say, no, I wouldn't change anything I do. And then yeah. I, I have nothing more to say because Jesus says not to cast our pearl before swine. Mm-hmm. But if they're willing to, then I say, would you be willing to read the Bible, for example, uh, the book of John without any presuppositions and read it as it is and see if, if your religion stands the test of yeah. what it teaches? Yeah. And I don't think it would. And I've seen a lot of Latter-day Saints. We know a mutual friend, Micah Wilder, who did that. Right, took that exactly. challenge up. And, uh, and when he read the New Testament 20 times during his mission, he realized what he was trying to teach people was actually not the truth and that the Bible had the truth. And he embraced it. And that's one of the important things. One of the first challenges that's extremely important for effective communication is that we talk the same language. And you address this in your book. That's why we're going to talk about it now. But I, so I have a two-part question. Do we have the same theological terminology and word definitions? And when we say Christianity, what are we referring to? And does it mean the same thing to a Mormon. And, and the title of the book, Introducing Christianity, is going to be controversial for a true blue Mormon or a true blue yeah. polygamist, if you will, because uh, they are Christian and uh, they believe that that is something that makes them who they are. But I'm not trying to get into a debate over what, it, you know, I'm a Christian, you're not. It goes back and forth right. like a tennis right. match. But, but I, I would say that um, understanding that the, the brand of Christianity I'm talking about, which is biblical Christianity or evangelical Christianity, I want to explain those uh, primary issues. That's what this book is trying to do. So when we come to definitions, unfortunately, uh, most Christians who talk to Latter-day Saints don't really know what they mean by those things, such as grace. Grace in Mormonism is God's enabling power. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in uh, Christianity, it's unmerited favor with God based on faith, based on, uh, on receiving the gift of grace. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there because Huge. God's enabling power Huge. to keep the commandments. It's just basically you have to keep the commandments. And so that makes a whole different definition of salvation. So exactly. we're going to have to know mm-hmm. what does the Latter-day Saint or the polygamist mean when they say salvation versus what we mean. And there's a glossary. And I fought to have this put in the book. It's uh, printed oh, by Harvest House. important. Yes. And, and in the back, so I, I have a lot of the terms. It's always italicized the first time that word is used in the book. Mm-hmm. But I use terms such as... Uh, well, gospel, you know, um, the Christian definition and the LDS do- uh, definition. My one sentence for uh, Mormonism, uh, uh, for gospel, all doctrines, principles, laws, ordinances, and covenants necessary for Latter-day Saint to receive eternal life. Again, it, it introduces whole new terms, mm-hmm. eternal life. And always ask the question. I always say to people, if they want to have productive conversations, ask, what do you mean when yeah. you say gospel. What do you mean when you say salvation by grace? What do you mean Jesus is your savior? Let them tell you, and you have to have an understanding of where they're coming from, 
or you're just not going to communicate well. And, you know, it was long after I was a Christian, actually, before I realized that the word resurrection yeah. meant different to a Mormon than mm -hmm. it did to uh, the biblical definition of That's it. That's important. It was, oh, very important. Yeah. Uh, you wrote, it must be understood that people can be sincere in their beliefs and yet be sincerely wrong. Would you say that's true with most of the Mormons, the faithful Mormons that you talk to? They're sincere, but they just don't. I mean, some are in it just because of what they get out of it. They get prestige. They keep their marriages going, even though they might not believe. Generational, too. But, but typically, when I talk to Latter-day Saints on the street, I really do believe they honestly accept Joseph Smith as a prophet of God. Mm -hmm. They accept Tom, um, uh, Russell M. Nelson as the current president, and I'm sure the polygamists do as well. I, exactly. I, you, don't, you don't find mm -hmm. too many instances here because there's a great cost. You have a big payment to make to be able to be a part of this group. Mm -hmm. And so um, you can be sincere. There's nothing wrong with being sincere. But if you're wrong on it, then wouldn't you want to know? There's yeah. my question again. Exactly. Because you can be sincere and knowing the truth. I think that's a much better position than being sincere and being in something and that something is telling you something. Uh, yeah. telling you that the the air and it reminds me of Romans 10 where they Paul uh, was was grieved because he so loved his people right but and he says they have a zeal for God but without knowledge mm -hmm. so many I know so many my mother and my uh, many people my relatives and I'm I'm sure in the all of Mormon church have a zeal they have a zeal yes, for sure God, they do but it's without knowledge mm-hmm uh, and it's sad. But anyway, now I'm a chart person. I love charts. And your book fulfills that <laughs> need to look at charts. Uh, you've got one on pages 13 through 15 that shows the major doctrines of Mormonism compared with the same ones in biblical Christianity. And the first two, now we don't have time to go through them all, obviously. And, and of course, we urge the viewers to get the book and look at all of, of what he has in that chart. But I'm going to ask you briefly explain the first two, uh, the nature of God and the nature of Jesus. You compare the differences. Uh, what are the main differences between, and why are they so, why are they so critical? Uh, quite simply, the difference in God is that Mormonism teaches that God has a body of flesh and bones, which is what Doctrine and Covenants section one thirty verse twenty two says. That he lived in a previous existence was not always God, but mm -hmm. he had to graduate, so to speak, in order to become God. And that people have the ability to be like God and gods of their own world. So Christianity says. Uh, God is spirit, and he must be worshipped in spirit and truth, mm -hmm. John 4, 24. Uh, Isaiah 43, 10 says, no God before or after me, mm -hmm. God says. Isaiah 44, 6 and 8, uh, God doesn't know of any other gods. Psalm 90, verse 2 uh, says that God is from everlasting to everlasting, everlasting. and that uh, coincides actually with the Book of Mormon. I mean, Mosiah 3, 5 and, and uh, Moroni 8, 18. So God being always God in Christianity versus somebody who is Johnny come lately. Mm -hmm. As far as Jesus, Jesus is a created being in Mormonism. He's the eldest son, so to speak, of, of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. We all are his brothers and sisters. Lucifer was as well. Uh, he was not eternally God. In Christianity, John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning 
was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Verse 14 explains that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That mm. is the simple message of who Jesus yeah. is. He is the God-man, 100% God, 100% man. He can be prayed to, as Stephen did in Acts yeah, chapter 7. Right. Uh, the fullness of deity lives in Jesus, Colossians 2.9. I could spend all day telling you exactly. all the places where Jesus is defined. Read the book of Hebrews. It contradicts uh -huh, what Mormonism uh -huh. says over and over again, and polygamy as well. If you want, again, they're so closely related as exactly. far as accepting Joseph Smith as the prophet and accepting the King Follett discourse and the other teachings of Joseph Smith, completely opposite of who God is and who Jesus is. Yeah. And as you said earlier, these are crucial if crucial. we're going to have a relationship with God. Right. And that chart, by the way, uh, explains these things, plus other doctrines, the doctrine of salvation and heaven and hell and so on. Um, and then on page 16, <clears throat> you quote Galatians 1, 8 through 9. And it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Now it's evident that Mormonism and old polygamy definitely has a different gospel, but... They have used those very words in Galatians to validate what they believe, their doctrine. What do you say about that? I say, okay, well, let's open up our Bible and let's see which religion can stand the test of the Bible, of what it says. Because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, we're supposed to test everything. everything. And it says, Jesus said there are false prophets dressing up as uh, as sheep and they're, you know they're wolves. Mm -hmm. I mean Matthew chapter seven, and it says in First John four one, test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So yeah. if Mormonism or polygamy is true, then that would negate what I believe. If what I believe is tr actually true, it stands up according to the evidence, then then they're not right. Uh -huh. And so uh -huh. I think we should be willing to do that. And, uh, and I have seen many Latter-day Saints and polygamists do that, find out that Jesus really is not who they believed he was, right. but what the, what the Bible says. I think the that's Bible. crucial. That's very good. And, and also, you wrote, uh, quoted Norman Geisler, who said, if truth matters, then so does doctrine. Now, what, why is the statement, quote, truth is whatever you decide it to be, why is it a dangerous and deceptive idea? Well, and, and we live in a society where postmodernism is the rule rather than the exception, that you just make up your own truth yeah. as you go. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who says, well, I am sincere, we talked about that a little bit, but the idea that I prayed about it, I know it's true, that word know, how do you know? Yeah. Well, that's the word epistemology, how do we know what we know? And so I think that uh, everybody needs to be willing to open themselves up to the possibility they're wrong and, and, and to consider that if I'm not right on this, then do I want to know the truth? I find that a lot of people don't really care. They want, they're happy being mm -hmm. where they're at. Mm -hmm. And okay, I can't change your mind. But right. if you're honestly and sincerely wanting to know the truth, Jesus says that uh, the truth will make you free. Make and you I think free. that's what, yeah. we, what we want as Christians. And I want that for my, my friends who are not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Now you quote a, 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 what you call an in-house statement. 
um, for many people in the LDS, and by the way, this is also true for the Mormon fundamentalists, uh, quote, if the LDS church isn't true, then nothing is. Why is that neither uh, true or rational? Yeah, I almost titled the book that way because, <laughs> and I had a friend who said, no, this would be a, a simpler title. But the idea that if Mormonism isn't true, then nothing else is, that's a little statement used to try to encourage one another when hard times yeah. come and, and they find out this information. Well, where are you going to go? But here's the problem. If Mormonism isn't true, something else has to be. And that could be atheism. It could be Buddhism or Islam or or any other of the isms out there, the, the point is something is true. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the truth, don't just abandon all hope and everything. Go find out what is true. What is it? And, yeah. then, you, and then I would say abandon ship and go for that. Go, go to that ship because mm -hmm. that's the right one. Amen. Uh, good idea. Good advice. Now, we, we already went through um, what the, the definitions and what the word gospel is. And, and the only thing I can say, you, you read what the definition yeah. of gospel is uh, for the LDS. What is the definition of the gospel for Christians? The, the gospel, quite simply, is that Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross and made it available for all people to be able to receive him. And uh, it's through grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, we're saved by grace through faith. It's not mm -hmm. of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Yeah. This is something yeah. that's been given to us. And so uh, it, it's when you understand the gospel in its heart of what Jesus did to pay for the sins of the believer, then uh, it's going to radically change the way that you perceive life. And exactly. good works are going to follow. Not You're not doing the good works somehow to earn God's favor, but they come as a result of, mm -hmm. uh, of, uh, of who you are. See, that's what Christianity says. It's not what you do that makes you a Christian. It's who you are. And when you mm -hmm. have had God's love and grace imputed into your life, Credited into your uh, righteousness, credited into your life, not based on what you did, but based on what he did. And you understand that you owe him everything. Yeah, it changes your entire life. And I can testify that coming from a polygamy group, that their word gospel is not good news. Right. And that's what it means in the biblical sense, yeah. the old English word. Um, now, you used LDS sources in the quotes. You quoted uh, several LDS sources that you used in the book. So you're not just saying what you think they believe, but you're actually telling them what their other, or, or excuse me, not telling them, but r repeating what other people have said that in the gospel. What, what, what kind of sources did you use? Well, I used uh, the standard works, of course, the, the four scriptures of Mormonism. I also used their top leaders, the general authorities they're called, the president and the first presidency and the apostles. Uh, I didn't use as many quotes in this book as I would have done in 2015. We wrote a book called Mormonism 101 mm -hmm. by Baker. Mm -hmm. That went more details, that included more details about what Mormonism is all about. But I wanted to include enough so even if you don't have a lot of information that would help you to understand Mormonism, I wanted you to understand the basics. And so there are times I'm going to do that. But then also, I don't want to speak for the Mormon church. I want them to be able to lay that and out for me. that's what you've done when you quote them. Yeah, and then I didn't want to be able to say, well, this is Christianity. This is my own opinion. So I not only quote lots of Bible verses, uh, hundreds if not thousands yeah, of different yeah, verses that I cite throughout, but I'm citing the different um, Christian scholars, academics, and apologists to make the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good too. And that's, we got a lot of references there, a lot of footnotes and bibliographies and 
those references. So uh, I kind of wanted to follow through the chapter, and it's going to take, you know, a few uh, times to do this. But the first chapter is entitled The Bible, God's Special Revelation, which, of course, is dealing with the trustworthiness of of the Bible um, and all of Mormonism, polygamy, offshoots of the mainline church and so on, do not have, believe in the accuracy of the Bible as we have it today. But in a nutshell, of course we can't detail every argument, but in a nutshell explain why we can trust the Bible as we have it today. As far as a historic work, uh, we have great evidence. As far as the manuscript evidence, I, I detail that in the chapter as well. We have abundant compared to other ancient books. And when we take a look at the Bible, it rings true for what is reality, that the Bible is talking about real people and real places and even describing real events. Mm -hmm. I mean, even mm -hmm. something as uh, the Assyrians in 700 BC destroyed Lachish, we, we can go and visit the ramp today. Yeah. And then Hezekiah yeah. built a tunnel to get water from outside the city to inside the city. Uh, you can go visit that today as well, Hezekiah's tunnel that was rediscovered in the late 19th century. So when we take a look at, at the archeology, span the manuscript evidence, so much we can see that the Bible is worthy of our trust compared to any other of the scriptures that yeah, Mormonism yeah. uses. Book of Mormon, I mean, we don't have any evidence There's for no it. no evidence whatsoever. And you made the point, a very good point too, that Jesus himself quoted from the Old Testament scriptures, and he quoted them no different than we have them today in, in our Bibles. So if the Bible wasn't trustworthy, why would he quote, and wouldn't that even corrupt his integrity? Absolutely. I think you're exactly right, Doris. And, and when we take a look at the Dead Sea Scrolls, which are... Uh, archaeological evidence discovered in 1947, it helps us to better understand that the Old Testament we have, the earliest we had before then was from a thousand years later. We have the whole scroll of Isaiah from, from yeah. Cave 1, mm -hmm. and just the idea that Jesus was prophesied there. Yeah. That Isaiah, I just quoted Isaiah 43 and 44. Mm -hmm. You can go through 45 and 46 that there's only one God. That was in the over same, over again. same yes. Bible they were using 125 B.C. as we use today. Yeah, and 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 also there's there's one point I want to make when we talk about translations. For instance, the Jehovah Witness Bible has a New World Translation, which isn't a translation, no. really. And uh, but why does not that why why does the fact that there's bad translations not affect? the authentic translation. Well, Article 8 is used by Latter-day Saints, the 13 Articles of Faith. The Bible is true as far as it's translated correctly. And the word translated is not meant there. Mm. It's transmitted. Because if you ask a Latter-day Saint what it means, they'll talk about how corrupt priests got in there and changed things. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the word transmission is that it has been, we, we have, we can go back by looking at all the different uh, uh, over 5,000 Greek manuscripts and 24,000 total in other languages to see that it is an accurate uh, right. translation. So you can have a bad translation from one language, the, the Greek and the Hebrew, into English, but um, just because you have a bad translation doesn't mean it, you can't make a good translation. And that there aren't good translations out there and to, we have them. to choose from. We do. Um, <clears throat> For viewers who doubt the accuracy of the Old and the New Testament, uh, we, I suggest, we suggest you get this book and read the first two chapters especially uh, because there's ample evidence provided as well as resources and references supplied that they'll help you understand why we can and why we should place our reliance on the entire Bible from cover to cover. And besides that, I like to say, God promised 
He promised that his word would endure forever and that it would, would, would endure through all generations. And if, so if he didn't keep that promise, how could we trust him to keep any of his promises? Right. I, I mean, uh, if it's God really speaking, and I believe he is, and he wants us to be able to understand not only his nature, but understand how we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to live. What a wonderful resource we've been yeah, given. Yeah, exactly. From the heart of God. And, and also, there's so much, so much prophecy that has been fulfilled. It can't be wrong because only God knows the future mm -hmm. as accurately right. as it has been prophesied. Yeah. So that's good. Well, we have more to talk about, but we don't have time this time. Uh, so part two will be next, and, and Eric will be back, and we'll continue to talk about his book, Introducing uh, Christianity to Mormonism. So be sure and watch next time for part two in our discussion with Eric Johnson. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Doris. <laughs> Thank you. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.